RX Radio. Brunch Talk with Olive. You're listening to your number one radio station, RX Radio, and this is the station that plays the music you love nonstop. We also have great conversations and discuss trending topics and matters of national importance. Yes. Hi, my name is Sarah and welcome to The Branch Talk. And on The Branch Talk, we bring you details and insight on all the latest conversations making headlines around the world and in the country. And we also sit down with industry experts to help you understand better what exactly is going on in the world. Now, the biggest concern for a lot of Ugandans or Uganda as a whole at the moment is the Ebola virus. In an outbreak of the deadly Ebola virus was announced by Uganda's Ministry of Health on the 21st of September 2022. Now, an outbreak of the deadly Ebola virus was confirmed by Uganda's Ministry of Health on the 21st September 2022. Now, mind you, Uganda has already had six previous episodes of the Ebola virus outbreak. The first being in the year 2000, where 224 people lost their lives. And then in 2000. 37 people were confirmed dead and then in 2011 one person lost their life to the Ebola virus and then two events in 2012 and it claimed 21 lives and in 2019 four deaths were accounted for. Well the recently confirmed strain is that of the less deadly Sudan strain and I say that in quotes because that is what health experts are saying that the strain that is now going around is a lot less deadly than the Zaire uh, strain. Now, what we know about the outbreak of the Ebola virus in Uganda is that the first confirmed case was of a 24-year-old man who showed up on the 11th of September in 2022 with symptoms of Ebola. Well, the case was confirmed on 19th September 2022 through laboratory testing, and then laboratory results showed that he died from the Sudan strain of Ebola, which was last identified in the country in 2012. Well, the Sudan Ebola virus generally has a lower case fatality uh, than the Zaire strain, which broke out in DRC Congo and uh, parts of Uganda in 2018. Well, other suspicious deaths in the month of September 2022 and patients in the same district are being investigated to establish whether they succumbed to Ebola, and that was... And that is as of uh, the 23rd of September 2022, where there were 11 confirmed cases. And as of today, today, yesterday, the Ministry of Health has confirmed 109 cases, 30 deaths, 34 being treated and responding to treatment, and 45 also being treated but not responding quite well to treatment. And so far, the Ebola virus has spread to seven districts. And uh, although most cases have been reported from Mubende, there are also people in districts of Bunyangabu, Chengegwa, Kasanda, and Kagadi. But there are also people affected in Kampala. And uh, the Ministry of Health did confirm that six school students in the capital city, that is Kampala, tested positive for the virus. And at least 15 people in Kampala are now confirmed to have been infected by Ebola. And that is according to a statement by the health minister, and that is Dr. Jen Ruth Acheng. 
The head of the Uganda Medical Association, and that is Dr. Samuel Oledo, went on to say that officials need to consider a lockdown in Kampala as the Ebola case count continues to rise in the capital city. He also went on to tell local media outlets that he fears that the worst is yet to come if aggressive measures aren't taken quickly. He also went on to say that the number of Ebola cases in Kampala has risen to 15, adding that uh, there are new infections every 48 hours. And as of Monday this week, the Ministry of Health reported a total of 95 new confirmed cases and 28 deaths across the country. Now, today's topic is, and we are asking the question, is another lockdown necessary to curb the spread of the Ebola virus? Brunch Talk with Olive. So today's topic on the Brunch Talk, we are asking the question, is another lockdown necessary to curb the spread of the Ebola virus? And joining me, my guest today in studio is Dr. Samuel Oledo, and he is the head of the Uganda Medical Association. Hello, doctor. How are you? I'm very okay. How are you? I'm Hope fine. you're not having Ebola cases. Absolutely around. not. I'm very safe. What about you, doctor? I'm more concerned about you. Uh, of course, you know, Ebola affects majorly health workers because patients come to us. Mm-hmm. But uh, it also spreads heavily among the community. Yes. There are different measures that can be set up to try to avoid it yes. from spread. Yes. And uh, the methods involve having a cohort of people in a community held in that place. Yes. Which, we, which you call community quarantine. Yes. You can have it zoned up. Mm-hmm. Division per division, preventing interdivisional movement. Yes. Crossing over to the other. For example, Kawempe, avoiding it to cross to Makindye in that manner. Yes. Uh, Especially in those areas where you have uh, many cases packing up from the same place. All right. Okay. uh, Yes. Go on. The issue of the lockdown Mm -hmm. is mandatory to help the first reduction of cases. All right. And remember, right now, the situation we are in is Kampala is a mass area of over 30 million people. That is true. Yes, and everyone has activities running within Kampala. Okay. So you find people coming to Kampala for administrative work, others coming to Kampala for business, others coming for Kampala for education. Yes. So in that scenario... It becomes a little bit uh, catastrophic if you have cases spiking up. Mm-hmm. And if you have the community not talking, people who are, who are, who are, who are running away from the hotspots, yes. the poorest areas that we will be having. Yes. When Ugandans keep, keep quiet on individuals who are moving away from infectious zones, or those who are having clinical symptoms and they keep on managing them from their homes, Ebola is not a home-managed disease. Yes. Ebola is a viral infection that cannot be managed from mm-hmm. home. Mm-hmm. That, that is a fact. Yes. The reason why is the first 21 days, 2 to 21 days are days of incubation of this virus mm-hmm. in the body system. So to others, clinical symptoms might start showing up at an early time. Others, it can show up at a late time. Okay. Early time as early as between 0 to 8 or 10 days. Yes. That at 10 days, someone is actually showing clinical symptoms. Yes. And uh, this is quite catastrophic. If people start managing patients from home, you're not reporting suspects 
of those who are in contact with positive cases. Yes. In the name of hiding your father, my father will be my treated. If you treat your father or mother or child from home, you're exposing every other person in the home to yes. Ebola. Yes. So the area Ugandans embrace it, especially in Kampala, that it is a highly infectious disease can affect all of us. Yes. And we report these cases. We maintain the SOP set up by Minister of Health. The earlier we embrace it, yes. the earlier the president will see it deem and the government see it deem unnecessary mm-hmm. to lock down. Because the cases, embracing is not by speech. Mm-hmm. Embracement is by how many cases are we having. But uh, that is the effect of being, of embracing the said SOPs. Yes. Yes, if we don't do that, then we're heading for a catastrophe of a lockdown. So, Dr., I want to I want us to first this is not the first time Uganda is experiencing the Ebola virus. We have already had about six previous episodes in 2000, in 2007, in 2011, in 2022, in 2019 and now and and uh, and right now 2022. In the previous years we did not have a lockdown instituted, but we were able to still, you know, manage the situation. Why is it that you're opting for it now? Is it because um it was uh it's it's now to be a solution like for the covid-19 but then also with the covid-19 uh, pandemic you can also see the very many you know consequences it has caused on our economy and livelihood of the people of Uganda do you think why now why why the this time is, the honest truth is no one wants a lockdown none of us wants a lockdown mm-hmm. in all those scenarios when we have a, when when you had Ebola in Kolo Yes. Ebola and Ebola spread up to areas of Masaka, I mean areas of Masindi. Okay? And there was some form of restriction of movement. The community quarantine I'm telling you about. Yes. Ebola Bondivujo in Chogam, actually mm-hmm. there was restriction of movement of people from Bondivujo out of Bondivujo. Yes. So it was not something which was popularized. Okay? It was not something which went into national announcement by the Fountain of Honor that we are going to stop any movement. At that time, we had critical areas coming in but trust me people were avoided to move yes now we've not we never had any scenarios when ebola had hit the city okay and these these areas the individuals the cases were were lessly dense populated people with reduced activities yes it is very too far recovering from financial shutdown it is very true mm-hmm. and the reason why we are saying if people can embrace the sop the set rules and regulations they will help us to avoid the spiking cases yes. there is no way we can see cases flying up in the roof and then you say no 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 it is well let us maintain us no people will go yes so the easiest way to have it right now right now if you're avoiding uh, if you're avoiding the lockdown of Kampala is just have institutional camp institutional quarantine yes community based quarantine based on zone based on institution we can do that So doctor when you are addressing a uh, local media press uh, early this week you went on to say that uh, a lot of the cadres that is the doctors are refusing or are little hesitant to help out with curbing the spread of the Ebola virus because they were not compensated and paid their wages during the COVID-19 pandemic. So isn't a lockdown one of our least problems if the doctors are not going to help then what is the use of a lockdown then? Uh, the fact of the matter is the beauty is mm-hmm. that was a predicament in the past okay if you've seen so well minister of health has instilled that every health worker who was involved in uh, covid-19 yes. they've 100% been recruited because they were very validated okay 
so they have 100% been recruited but of course some choose a good new job okay so they're choosing not to be part of the team which is involved in treatment okay okay but health workers now the numbers have been recruited because our worry was can we have enough health workers on the board mm-hmm. that in case that in case we have a situation where uh we have uh, escalating numbers of of patients yes we have enough workforce and also even the existing number of patients because you find that we we looked at the number the, the hours contact hours by every health worker yes to the patients we didn't want it to exceed 6 hours okay because we had those workers who were into the ECUs and treating patients for 12 hours yes. that is quite a catastrophic yes. in those hours someone can have an eventuality say someone can uh, what if someone collapses yes what if someone gets an emergency condition Yes. Okay, hypoglycemia, mm-hmm. glucose levels going down, or someone gets into uh, hypoxia. Yes. The brain gets reduced supply of oxygen yes. at that time, and then it faints. Because of that carbon, you cannot wear that carbon for more than eight hours. It yes. is heat in itself. Yes. So to avoid those risks of exposing those who are working, we need to use it's the reason why more health workers were needed. Mm-hmm. Many nurses, many doctors, labs, and all that. And we are glad the ministry has actually pushed this. We expect Parliament to expedite that. That is, health workers are actually given uh, the payroll, okay? Yes. They are paid and they are given the allowances. We expect public service to work with ministry to do that. Yes. That is sorted. But the issue of allowances, mm-hmm. we are glad that those who are working in ETUs are being given allowances. We are still insisting that mm-hmm. even those, especially those who are in hot spots, those who are working in emergencies, quarantine centers, yes. isolation centers, they need to be given allowances. Yes. Because every suspect we treat them as positive until proven otherwise. Okay. That is our rule. All right. So, if someone turns out positive and he was a suspect and I was managing that case, it means myself I'm at risk. Yes. So even those in isolation need to be paid. So what are we saying? Mhm. Health workers are positive on this because government has come out positive also. Yes. Health workers are positive. The motivation is coming back. But we are saying that areas which are key Compensation areas. We are still insisting the over the over 65 health workers who died in in COVID-19. They need to be compensated. That will show a good spirit of workmanship. And has so government has government shown as is government leaning towards compensating them? How far with that process? Yeah, the government is leaning towards compensating those of Ebola, but we are we are we are we are, we are moving somewhere mm-hmm. with the issue of the compensation of those who died in. Okay. All right. We, the, the talks are good, but we are we expecting them to uh, to be affected. The biggest challenge you're having right now, we are we are we are coming from economic shutdown and we are revising. Okay. So having over 65 workers compensated, we are not saying you give them a 60 months of pay, which okay. is regulatory. We want these families to be given uh, a keep off for stability purposes, that these families can start to fend for themselves. With a startup capital, all right. You don't need to give them a hundred million, two hundred million. No, even if you settle each family with fifty million yes. of these health workers, mm-hmm. others went back to villages. Their children are not studying. The, pro- the president promised to pay for these children under federal scholarship. We yes. submitted it. The yes. kids are back in the villages. Yes. The health workers, others died, and their families are languishing. So those areas motivate health workers. If they are done, if they are not done, there's this tendency of pretending to be working and not working. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. And that is the disease we are trying to fight out of the health workers. Mm-hmm. 
with the increment of salary, we have seen the improvement in attitude towards patient care. Yes. This is absolutely good. Yes. And trust me, this is the time that I thank every health worker for the great sacrifice they've given. Trust me, entering a Ebola, Ebola treatment center mm-hmm. is like signing a death sentence to begin with. All because right. any mistake you make, you're the patient. All right. All right. Thank- any mistake you make, you're a patient. That's and true. Fatality rate being 50%, trust me. And my message to the community is, please, do not self-medicate. Do not treat yourself. This is not COVID where funny remedies were set up. This mm-hmm. is Ebola. This mm-hmm. is Ebola. You do yes. not self-medicate. We don't have a specific treatment for Ebola. Yes. So the one thing they can do for us is, can they identify themselves? Alex, by the way, 95%, I mean 80, 85% of the cases which have showed up, yes. Alex, without clinical manifestations, have survived. Yes. They've not gone into complications. Yes. But you can't show up when you're vomiting blood and you think you are going to resuscitate your lungs. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm talking about? I understand what you, you're talking you about. Can't show, you can't show up when they see the body organs are shutting down and you expect us to put you in ICU. Mm-hmm. You get what you're talking about? Yes. So, for the sake of good outcomes of the disease, the community should be proactive yes. at such a time. Yes. Proactive in the sense that they should identify the cases, they should report anyone who has run from the highly infectious zone, they should be able to also run to the facility if you know you're in contact with Oledo. Yes. And Oledo is now in isolation. Why would you wait for the clinical manifestation of, of Ebola on you? Yes. You can say, you know what, that Oledo that you put in isolation, please, me, I was in contact with him. Mm-hmm. So please, can can also be monitored. Okay, they can say, for now, let us monitor you from home as also monitor Oledo. Yeah. on the degree of exposure, but you already know that database. You get the point. I get the point. All right, doctor, so, let's go for a short break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about symptoms of Ebola, preventative measures, and uh, what to do in the event uh, or where to go in the event you suspect that you have Ebola. This is the Branch Talk with me, Sarah. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> RX Radio. Brunch Talk with Olive. All right, you're still listening to the Brunch Talk right here on RX Radio, number one radio station. And in studio with me is Dr. Samuel Oledo, and he is the head of the Uganda Medical Association. So, Doctor, I forgot to ask you, what exactly is the mandate of the Uganda Medical Association before we proceed to talking about symptoms of Ebola? The mandate of the Ghana Medical Association is the welfare of doctors, professionalism, and protection of these doctors while giving a service to the community. Yes. Protection is two ways. The doctors while giving a service to the community and also the, the health workers while us, the doctors are giving a service to them. Yes. So that they are also protected. Yes. So that's the mandate of the Ghana Medical Association. Major. Mm-hmm. All right. So, doctor, before we went for the break, you were talking about symptoms of Ebola. Now, a lot of people may not even realize that they have Ebola. Like you gave an example, people show up now when they are coughing out blood or throwing up blood. So what are the early symptoms of Ebola and and what should someone do the minute they suspect that they have Ebola? Uh, Yeah, thank you so much for this. Uh, To begin with, Ebola is a viral infection. It's a hemorrhagic fever in nature. So one of the key clinical symptoms is fever. The unresolving fever that individuals always end up having. Yes. Fever which is uh, trying, you're trying to manage it and it's unresolving. Yes. Two, the constant headache, generalized body weakness, 
These are all clinical symptoms. Yes. And there is body weakness, all uh, the headache, and then uh, 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 the the the. The, the the general loss of uh, appetite those are early clinical signs. Yes, but they can progress to GIT symptoms. GIT is gastrointestinal. That's the, the from mouth to anus. Yes, that's the GIT system from the mouth to anus. They can progress to systems that involve the digestive system. Yes, that can lead to diarrhea and vomiting. Yes, and in some uh, in some cases. Uh, that that when the disease is progressing now to advanced stages, what we call the decompensated stage, the severe states of the disease, yes. it involves now organ systems. Yes, you end up into mouth organ systemic involvement, either organ failure or SARS. Okay, that involves that involves hemolysis. Yes, the blood vessels which are associated with the different organ structures trying to give way. Yes, they start to rupture. The yes. reason why we have the mop someone vomiting out blood. Yes. Okay. Others, they have, uh, of course, the GIT erosion. Okay. So, what is GIT that? Erosion, GIT erosion is the, you know, the, the, the from the mouth to the anus, we have the pure lining okay. of, the, of, the, of the hollow organs. Hollow organs are tubular-like structures. Yes. Okay. That allow uh, passage of food through them. Yes. So, those structures, they have the car covering which is uh, a mucosal lining yeah. which is one layer so because of one of the complications of this virus is to erode the GID system of this covering it's the reason why patients present with uh, a lot of ulceration in the GID system okay and one of the treatment actually gives them IV omeprazole okay yes to try to uh, alleviate the complications that are arising alright so it ends up into severe bleeding that is through uh, the orifices, that is the mouth, the nose, the ears, okay? Yes. The anus, the eyes. And that is why you bleed through all the openings in your body. All the openings in yes. the body. And by the time someone reaching at that stage, I'm sorry to speak this, the prognosis becomes bad. Okay. Prognosis is the outcome of disease. Yeah. So the earlier presentation of the clinical symptoms and earlier management mm-hmm. and earlier identification approved to give good prognosis. Okay. That if you come out early, great chances that we can work on you and you can recover in an early time. And that includes so, um, having a fever and what else? Having a fever, joint pain, high body weakness, body aches, muscle aches, all these. Now, okay? all those sound like uh, signs and symptoms of malaria. And I could see why people would, would, you know, not want to go to the hospital right away because they think that they can self-medicate at home, which is dangerous. And the reason why we are saying Mm -hmm. no disease right now should be treated from home. Exactly. No disease, even if you feel you have a minor headache, Mm -hmm. let you go and you give us your history. Yes. Of the stories of who you met. Because we have a probing system as doctors. Yes which is very important for you might not understand where, who, or with with which surface you were infected with. Yes. You get it. So when you come to hospital, one of the things we do, we do investigation and then history of presenting complaints. We ask you extensively. Yes. We probe you extensively. It helps us understand what kind of scenarios you have exposed yourself to. Yes. Absolutely. So you cannot tell that when you when you, 
when you're not assessed by a doctor, that it's is not true. fair. Yes. It's not fair for you and it's not fair for the people around you. Yes. So right now, any malaria, actually, let me speak this word. Painful as I'm going to speak there. Yes. Right now, any malaria is Ebola and he'll prove another way. Mm-hmm. You know, understand what I'm talking about? I understand what you're talking about. Yes, I know that statement is going to cause me a lot of backlash from people, but it is a fact. Any mm-hmm. malaria right now is Ebola. Mm-hmm. Until proven otherwise by the health workers. Yes. Meaning, if you have any malaria right now, access medical facility management. Right away, immediately. Hey, right away, immediately, immediately. Don't waste time. Access it immediately. Yes. Let you be assessed, worked on, so that if it's just malaria, we shall thank God. We shall treat you still. Yes. You home. Absolutely. You get it. Other than... Other than you pretending thinking maybe it is malaria and your now clinical symptoms worsen, you expose the entire family. Exactly. You expose the entire family yes. to infection. You kill everyone around you. Mm-hmm. That is not nice. So if we adhere to those things, I, I promise there is no way government will lock down Kampala. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. If we do not adhere to those things, I assure you, if we still have... You know, the truth of the matter is I get a little bit irritated by some individuals. I can only imagine... Yeah, who still think Ebola is a political disease? Some of us have buried colleagues. We've thrown colleagues in the grave. Yes. Like dogs. You know, it's that you put in a, in a cavera and just throw. Come on, doctor. Yes. That's no, a no, little graphic. Yes. This, this is how painful it is. You know, yes. when you don't explain it to people in the most, in the most realistic graphic way. Graphic and yes. Yes, they will not understand how painful it is. The doctors have buried. Dr. Ali was a colleague. Yes. And we could not even see him. Oh, As the doctors, even if we breast up in PPEs, we are not allowed to see him. He was highly infectious when he had died. Oh, Lord. Now, even his wife, two wives could not see Dr. Ali mm-hmm. before being put in the, in the grave. Mm-hmm. His two children have no memory of their father oh, when Lord. he was sick. This is a disease whereby your relatives will have no memory of you when you fall sick. Oh, Lord up to your grave. Mm-hmm. That is how catastrophic it is. Throwing a fellow doctor, a surgeon to be in a grave, I will not compare any animal. But mm-hmm. that is how bad it is. So if people if people still are there uh, languishing and saying, I ah, you know we need to go to Chivuru's, people are still excited about Chivuru's. Because one case, if you walk through that... That, that, that uh, Chivuru, then everybody is at risk. All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Samuel Oledo. And he is the head of the Uganda Medical Association. Let's go for a short break. But when we come back, I'll be sharing some tips on how you can prevent yourself from contracting the Ebola virus. And I'll also be bringing you updates from the Ministry of Health in regard to the Ebola virus in Uganda. This is The Branch Talk. My name is Sarah. Don't touch the dial. You're listening to RX Radio. Branch Talk. With Olive. You're still listening to the best radio station in Kampala. It's RX Radio. My name is Sarah and you're listening to The Brunch Talk. Now, in this segment of The Brunch Talk, I will be sharing with you some tips on how you can prevent the Ebola virus or rather prevent yourself from getting infected from the Ebola virus. Well, I was talking to Dr. Samuel Oledo and he is the head of the Uganda Medical Association and he did advise the government or other government officials to enforce a lockdown 
in order to prevent and curb the increasing numbers of Ebola cases in the country. Well, so far, at least 15 people in Kampala, that's the capital city of Kampala, have been confirmed to have been affected by Ebola. And that is according to a statement by the health minister, that is Dr. Jen Ruth Acheng. And the Uganda government is definitely under pressure, of course, also from the Uganda Medical Association. And they are saying that the government should enforce a lockdown because things may get out of hand. However, the Minister for Health, and that is Dr. Ruth Cheng, did say that it is still under control and a lockdown is not so far necessary. Now, I want to share some methods on how you can prevent yourself from catching the Ebola virus. And number one is avoid contact with blood and bloody fluids, such as urine, feces, saliva, sweat, vomit, breast milk, semen, vaginal fluids, any kind of fluids from a sick person. Also, avoid contact with semen from a man who has recovered from the, um, I beg your pardon, from the Ebola virus until testing shows that the virus is completely gone out of his semen. Another way to prevent an Ebola infection is you should avoid traveling to areas where the virus has been found or where there has been an outbreak. And so far, there are seven districts in Uganda where Ebola cases have been uh, confirmed, and that includes uh, districts of Mubende, uh, Chegagwa, Kasanda, and Kagadi, among others, including Kampala District. And uh, someone who has Ebola, you should avoid any bodily fluids of the person from sweat. Any bodily fluids of this person, please do not touch them. Now, I'd like to share with you some information, and this is a tweet from Dr. Jen Ruth Acheng, and she's the Minister of Health for Uganda. And she goes on to say, and she cautions everybody by saying, Ebola is real. Signs and symptoms can start from 2 to 21 days of contact with an Ebola-affected person or dead body. She goes on to say, report to the nearest health facility or call the Ministry of Health Uganda on toll-free number, that is 0800-100-066, immediately if you experience any signs or symptoms. I repeat, the number is 0800-100-066 and this number is toll-free. So if you suspect any symptoms or signs, please report to the nearest health facility. And also, just like Dr. Samuel Oledo just said, if you're experiencing any signs, it could even just be a headache, kindly please go to the hospital and have Ebola ruled out. He, got, he went on to say, and I quote, Malaria right now is Ebola unless, until it has been ruled otherwise. So anybody could be positive for Ebola unless they have been tested and it has been shown that they are negative and do not carry the Ebola virus. And then the Ministry of ICT went on to say, and this is on their Twitter, they went on to say, the Ministry of Health would like to update the public on the current Ebola virus disease outbreak in the country and the containment measures. And they go on to say the status of the Ebola outbreak goes on to say that the Ministry of Health with support from partners is setting up an additional treatment facility in Mulago Sports field and it goes on to say that this 64 bed capacity facility will be built in two phases over a period of four weeks and uh, with completion of this facility the ministry of health will have 351 beds available for treatment of confirmed cases 
It also goes on to say on the status of the Ebola outbreak, it goes on to say that Mulago Ebola treatment facility is a 120-bed facility that is co-located but separate from Mulago National Referral Hospital and it is currently housing 50 quarantined contacts from Kampala and Wakiso. And the second Ebola treatment facility in the Entebbe National Isolation Center in Entebbe Municipality, it is a 67-bed capacity facility with eight ICU beds. It goes on to say that Ebola treatment facilities and goes on to say that the government and partners have set up three Ebola treatment facilities in Mubende, 42-bed capacity treatment at the Regional Referral Hospital, another 42-bed capacity Ebola treatment facility at the District Works Grounds, and the third treatment facility is at the Original Outbreak epicenter and eight bed capacity and in Kampala metropolitan area there are two permanent treatment facilities in Mulago National Referral Hospital and Entebbe Municipality. It goes on to say that the total number of confirmed cases stands at 109 of whom 30 have succumbed to the disease unfortunately while 34 have been treated and have improved and while 45 are still under treatment. Well, among the confirmed cases, they have also been health workers to date and 15 health workers have been infected, of whom six have succumbed to the infection, unfortunately. Of the 15 health workers, six were from the private facilities and nine are from public health sectors. So ladies and gentlemen, Ebola is real. Ebola is here and you should take it very seriously. If you do not take care of yourself and if you do not put in place these preventative measures, Ebola can become a very huge inconvenience in your life and to your loved ones. Please take care of yourself. And uh, if you love your family, you will take care of yourself and you will take this very seriously. Because when you are infected, you're going to infect everybody else around you. So take care. As soon as you have any signs and symptoms, Doctor Samuel said, even if it's a headache, even if it's a fever that is persisting, please go to the nearest medical health center and have Ebola rolled out. All right. It is here. It is very real. And uh, please, if you have any, you know, any comments that you would like to share with us right here, all you have to do is connect with us across all social media platforms. And that is at Rx Radio on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. I'd love to hear from you. And, you know, we can share notes and talk about how we can fix this and not make this become another pandemic where we have to get locked down. All right. Until next time, my name is Sarah. I had a great time with you right here on the Brunch Talk. Keep listening to RX Radio. Brunch Talk with Olive. Here we go. Give me some of this. Give me, give me some of this. RX Radio.